Hey guys, welcome back to the Blood and Black Rum podcast. I'm Ryan from ColtSploitation.com and I'm joined with my co-host Martin. How's it going? And uh, we're back with a, a new episode of our Remake Ween series because we're now into October. Uh, happy October 3rd for those of you who uh, are listening within a... This I week. Guess, yeah, this week uh, when this episode releases because October 3rd, when as we're recording, was yesterday for us. Um, and you know what that means. One of our favorite movies. Mean Girls. Mean Girls. Uh, very very fun. I love that movie. I do too. Um if you had seen on uh, And I'm not and I'm not ashamed of it. There's some people No, I'm who not ashamed of it either. Give me crap over that. It's like you just don't understand. I, I saw it in theaters. Wasn't ashamed of it when I saw it in theaters. I'm not ashamed to quote things like canoodling. Oh, that's like the that's that's literally probably the best line in the entire film. Mm-hmm. That and Tim Meadows as Tim Meadows all. as all all the time is, is a delight. Is the best. So, um, did you see they reunited to uh, raise some money? Who uh, Tim the, Meadows? All, and no, Tim... all of the Mean Girls, uh, like um, Lindsay Lohan, Lindsay Lohan and uh, Lacey Chabert. Yep, they all uh, and Rachel McAdams. They all uh, apparently they reunited to uh, help raise some money and stuff. So that's nice. Um. Yeah, but I—I I mean, if you had seen on our uh, exploitation, I did write a, an article for those types, those those Halloween movies that aren't horror movies, really, but they do take place around Halloween. Mean Girls is part of that. And it, it takes over the school part over the whole school year, so it's a yeah, it does. So it's a, it's it's a, almost like an all seasonal. You could use film. it for any holiday. Absolutely, do it for Christmas, Arbor Day, mm-hmm. yeah, Valentine's Day, yeah, anytime. But enough about Mean Girls. This uh, this episode is isn't about Mean Girls, although we may do it at some point in the future. We talked about that a little bit. Um, this episode for remake Ween is on Evil Dead, which is the 2013 pseudo remake of the Evil Dead soft reboot. Yep, and that um that uh article the is important because we're talking about the Evil Dead from the original. Sam Raimi's film, and this one is simply Evil Dead. So a little bit of a... Uh, I never noticed that. I, yeah, I, I never did really either until I looked like closely into it, because I feel like a lot of the times I would just call this remake The Evil Dead. You know, The the Evil Dead. I would add that article on there. Um, but looking more into it, it is very specifically Evil Dead. I mean, to be fair, it's like with... Rambo movies. Does anyone really call first the first, bl- yeah. first blood? Yeah. First blood. Not really. It's just pretty much widely known as Rambo. Yeah. I think that's the same way. You know, and even with like the Evil Dead, some people just call it Evil Dead. Some people call it the Evil Dead. You know, the the original. Um, I, for me, it's kind of interesting because I am interested in the grammatical decisions and choices of someone and and the uh there this was but from fetty alvarez this is this had to have been an 
a intentional choice to include it as Evil Dead rather than the Evil Dead. Um, so there, there I think was, the, as I say, I think grammatically, Stanley, I think the Evil Dead it makes more sense because it's talking about the actual demon, you know, the actual presence, right? Where if it's just Evil Dead, it's kind of more like what are they talking yeah, about? Yeah, more like of a generic thing um, than rather than calling attention to the specifics of the movie. I don't know. I just I think I just find it a little interesting because it does seem intentional. Um, it's very clearly in the credits, and then later on at the end credits for Evil Dead, it does list based on the the, e- the film The Evil Dead. So I think, and probably part of it was just to kind of help differentiate. You know, when you have two movies named the same, sometimes they get lost. You uh, like let's say, especially if this film didn't do very well. Well, Evil and Dead is going to be sitting. The sequel to The Evil Dead is Evil Dead Two, right? It's not The Evil Dead Two. Maybe they were uh, just, I don't know. They were just like kind of uh, combining the two. So it's not the Evil Dead. It's not Evil Dead Two. It's Evil Dead. I don't know. Not that it's it like getting into like Final Fantasy. Yeah, it's, it's, like like there's, like there's no uh, no point to it. No rhyme or reason. Doesn't really matter and doesn't play into the film at all in the scheme of things. But just something I would like to point out. Now you can be a real like perfectionist asshole, and when someone says, "Yeah, I really like that remake, The Evil Dead," you be like, "No, you, you you really liked it. You did because you just said the name wrong." That's oh, however, it does matter to me a little bit because like things I this is really like a I don't know why it matters to me, but so like um the seasonal Christmas classic with Will Ferrell, Elf. If someone were to refer to it as the Elf, that's different. Nobody I calls would say it, nobody calls it the you're Elf. You're fucking wrong. Nobody calls it the Elf. I uh, I have heard someone call it the Elf. <laughs> I have heard, and I I kind of stood there. Discombobulated, I was like, "What the elf? <laughs> the, the, the perfect seasonal Christmas classic, the elf." Just I don't know. It happens. Nobody, nobody's like, "Have you seen the Frosty the Snowman? <laughs> Have you seen <laughs> not, the Santa Claus comes who, who, who would say the Frosty the Snowman? This is this is name. <laughs> No one puts a the in front. Have you seen the? Well, I guess they do, but they would say the Frosty the Snow. You know how you like kind of pronounce the you, the end of it, like you know the esteemed Reverend uh, Al Sharpton. Um, that would be something else, I guess. But saying the Frosty the Snowman would just be plain old wrong. The Jack Frost. <laughs> that that's a timeless Christmas classic, right there. Michael Keaton becoming a killer snowman. He ran out of that Batman money real quick. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess that's enough about getting just lost in uh, grammatical issues. But, um, you know, if we want, if if we wanted to be super going off of like uh, being perfectionist assholes, we could have been super perfectionist assholes and thrown a curveball and done Evil Dead 2. Oh, as the re as the remake, be like, whoa, Uh, where are they going here? Yeah, yeah. You know, and. uh, (laughs) <laughs> we can talk about that a little bit. Is that do you do you so you consider Evil Dead Two a remake to the Evil Dead? It's a sequel, but it's also a remake. I think that um, it's it's literally the same premise. It, it it's everything's this, basically the same, except it's like still going on like the next day. So it's you know, I think it's I, don't, I, w- I wouldn't call it like a remake or you know a 
soft reboot or anything, but I could understand why some people would be, like, you know. I definitely think it's fun to have the Evil Dead and then see Evil Dead 2. And I, I really wouldn't mind, like, p- other people doing that as, like, remakes of just, or uh, as sequels of just being like, you know, I didn't really love where the last one went. <laughs> so let's, like, redo the whole thing, but we'll do it a little bit differently this time. I think it's kind of interesting. It's, you're, like, caught in the Groundhog Day of sorts. Like, they come back with another Evil Dead and be like, this one is going to be like Evil Dead 2, except we didn't really like what we did in that one, so we're going to do it a little bit differently again. And it's kind of a fun situation. I think... E- the Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2 are kind of unique in that sense of, like, just, hey, it's the same plot, but we'll change up a, a little bit and it's an get, honest, get gorier. It's and, an honest horror movie. Right. Because if you think about it, like, what, when you think about, like, you know, like, Friday the 13th and, like, Nightmare and even, like, the Scream movies, they literally, it's literally this, basically the same plot, you know, killer, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Except now there's, like, maybe some different characters, and some things are different, but if you broke it down to, like, the very bare bones and structure of the story, and kind of how things, you know, flow, and we're all the same. Right. Know? Yeah. No, I agree. I think- but I mean, they're different enough to where they're not obviously remakes, and, you know, wouldn't obviously pass as remakes, but... But they, if you're being... basically if you're, repeating the same Yeah, if you're being, like, you know, uh, yeah. as generic as possible... Then yeah, you could basically they're yeah. It's like at least with Evil Dead too. It's like look, we're we're gonna do the same thing again. Yeah, it's just gonna be campier because that one makes it a lot more clear that it's the same thing. Then rather than having like a a slasher film that's really just in set in a different area or with different characters, this one is very clearly in the same area, same characters, same. Same overall storyline, so interesting. I love that. Um, no, but we're doing Evil Dead, which uh, is a remake that I saw in theaters, and you did as well. Yep. Um, I was. I can't I, believe it's been four years. Yeah, it's, yeah, I can't believe it either. I was uh, cautiously. Um, I, I guess I wouldn't say, even say optimistic because I really I don't think I was. I I think when I went out to see it, I was expecting it to not be really that great. Um, and so I will admit when I first saw it, it might've put me in a, a sort of bias where I was already predisposed to like, not to not like it to, to say like, well, it's not as good as evil dead, the, the evil dead. So I'm not really interested. So I remember doing a review for it like a long time ago, four years ago. And I, I don't think, I think I gave it a pretty, I guess I would say a mediocre review. Like I didn't trash it, but I definitely brought up a lot of the issues that I had with it. And, uh, upon watching again this time, I think I still have a lot of the same issues with it. Um, but I think this time watching with the Halloween spirit, uh, with the, with the orange lights up atmosphere around me, I did have a little bit more fun with it this time than I did the first time where I kind of was really put off by everything. How about you? Because I know you were of the mindset more that you you kind of enjoyed it when you saw it in theaters. Yeah, from I, uh, what I remember, when I went to go see it, I didn't have any expectation for the film. I didn't think it was going to be good. But that's just kind of how, as I've, we've said a thousand times before on the podcast, it's kind of the, the how I feel overall when it comes to uh, remakes. I don't ever have high hopes going in. You're kind of more like... Um... Very cautious. Yeah, and, 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 like, 
hoping that it's going to be good, but ready for it to not be. It's more, yeah, it's like it's more of like, hey, I don't think it's going to be good. If it is, I'll be pleasantly surprised and like, huh, didn't expect that. Like when we got the, the next month remake of Death Wish is coming out. I have, especially now that I saw the trailer for it, I have absolutely no... I'm going to go see it, unfortunately. But, I mean, I have absolutely no reason to believe that it's going to be good at all. <clears throat> but going into Evil Dead, I saw the trailer, I'm like, eh, you know. It looks like a, just a typical horror film. Does it look like, look, do like, look like it's going to do anything to make itself different, stand out? So I didn't really have any expectation to it, but after I got done seeing it in theater, I was pleasantly surprised and actually kind of walked out, you know, like, hey, that's one of the better remakes that I've seen in, like, the past decade mm-hmm. of, like, uh, not just horror films, but in general. I'm like, I was pleasantly surprised with it. Um, I don't know if I feel that way as much now, but, it, like, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words. Well, you're going to have to because we're on a podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I'm going to, yeah. but I don't want to blow my load here. That's right. You want me to just... In the, the no, end. I, I don't actually because we're coming up on a, on a break anyway, so... Well, um, maybe it'll just, it won't even be a break. It'll just be... We're done. Just go ahead. <laughs> That's it. 15-minute <laughs> episode. In and out. <laughs> Happy Halloween. No, um, <laughs> we'll uh, we'll be back shortly with a... Uh, a new beer that we've got on the show today. Uh, so stay with us and then we'll talk about Evil Dead 2013. Do you like cult films? When you think about action, horror, grindhouse, exploitation, do you wish that you could read from somebody who actually loves those genres? Well, then you're looking for cultsploitation.com, a genre website that features reviews, new releases from Severin Films, Synapse Films, Blue Underground, etc., and also articles about cult films in general, with yours truly, Ryan from Blood and Black Rum Podcast, and also a column from Martin from Blood and Black Rum Podcast. With a cult actor database, new release schedules, and forums, you won't have to go anywhere else for your cult film needs. So check out cultsploitation.com and let us know what you think. Welcome back. Uh, we've got a new beer on the on the show today, one that came through the Hopsy order that I did uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this is another Growlette that we had, um, and we opened it today. And this one's from Kelso Brewing Company, which I've never had before. Apparently based out of uh, Brooklyn, was it? I think it was Brooklyn. Um, yep. And uh, th- so I've never seen this one around before, around here at all. Uh, must be pretty local to Brooklyn. Uh, doesn't really get exported or anything. And um, this is their IPA. I don't know if it'd be exported because it's not across state lines. <laughs> it doesn't get shipped down here. Or up here, I mean, I uh, should say. Yeah, Mr. Uh, English here giving yes. us the details Shipped, on the... And you're using, I always say down. And you're using I don't know all why. the wrong... Doesn't, doesn't matter where it is, I'll say down. And it's Canada. It's, or it's uh, from uh, Florida. It's down here. Yeah, I think I, a lot of people do that, though. It's just a... Yeah, it's just a, yeah I don't it's know. It's a term. It's just like, like oh, I got shipped down here. Mm-hmm. They don't use down in the literal sense. It's used more in like the figurative, like like I just bought a new CD off of Barnes and Nobles, and from and it's coming like from Illinois. And it's like it's probably getting shipped uh, shipped down here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, this is the IPA by Kelso Brewing Company, six uh, percent, and um, I would say that it's, it's a pretty smooth IPA. 
As I said before, reviewing some of these IPAs, it's a it's an IPA. You don't really have much to. You can maybe find more adjectives to describe it, but I mean, look, hazy golden color um, has a little bit of a head on it when you pour it out. That's what she said. Um, um, I mean, just I'll give you my review because it'll be short and sweet. It ta- like if you like an IPA, you'll like this. It tastes like a t- tastes like most I- IPAs. It's hoppy. It's crisp. It's refreshing. It's also six percent alcohol, so it's normal. There's a little bit of an alcohol f- normal uh, taste to let's it. Let's say normal for an IPA, but you know, yeah, it's refreshing. I don't know, like getting like a nice like cool day like today. Well, not the day overall, but the night. Yeah, it's like yeah. It's refreshing, crisp. Yeah, like I T- said, tastes like an IPA. Like I said, because of the a little bit higher alcohol content, it does have a slight uh, alcoholic taste to it. But I wouldn't say that that's a bad thing. It's just more of a more pronounced in this. Um, but it does, you know, it has a, a distinctive, very on the head IPA flavor to it. Um, good mix of hops. Um, can't say that I really pick anything out specifically. Um, and what I'm what I'm saying is this is a generic IPA, but and that makes it sound kind of like it's bad. You know, when you say generic, people are thinking like, oh, you know, it's bad. No, this it, is good. It's a good IPA because it is generic. It is what you're thinking of when you think it's all the notes. Yeah, exactly. All it's, the beats. It's what you're thinking of when you think, hey, I want an IPA. Well, Kelso Brewing Company has one for you, and it's a perfectly good IPA. I would say that there's no real issues that pop out to me. Um, so it's, it's your standard IPA flavor. And I think that's really good because, you know, it's, it's almost like, you know, how, when you, you want something specific and maybe, maybe you don't want like, uh, the same old, same old, but you're like, I, I actually, I want an IPA and I want it to be just, you know, an IPA, regular IPA. Well, then you're good to go with Kelso because they've, they've made a really good one. And, um, so like I was saying to Martin before the podcast, I'm ha- like with all the IPAs, I have a hard time like distinguishing all of them. Um, so I, there's nothing, there's no like n- tasting notes that I can give or anything like that because I, I don't really see that I have a, a good palate. Um, mine is very average to poor palate. I'm not good at tasting flavors and picking them I'm out. I'm sure most people are the same. The people who write reviews on Beer Advocate are just literally flipping through the pages with their eyes closed, pointing at a word and saying, that'll do for a flavor. That's true. But I think that this has um, a good bitterness profile. It's not super bitter. I would I would not say that the, it has a huge... doesn't say the IBU on no, it. No, I wouldn't say that it's very high. Um, it's uh, probably more middle ground. Not, you know, not super bitter. Um, it's, it, surprisingly, though, it is quite cloudy. That's one thing that I noticed about it is is that it's a cloudier IPA, um, but other than that, I I like it, I enjoy it, and I th- I think it's probably a very good standard IPA, and I would be interested in checking out uh, Kelso's other selections because this is such a quality beer um, that I would I'd be interested in. They didn't they obviously did not get it wrong, so I'd be interested in checking out the other stuff that they make. Yeah. So, um. Though it, though it is Oktoberfest and pretzel season. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So that's really all I want right now. Especially, like, now that the night's... Like, 
Now that we're in the perfect time of fall, day 75, night's 33. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Not um, crazy. It's just, it's normal weather, but. I did uh, do a lot of tasting this weekend because I went to the Big E and I had about five different beers from different uh, areas there. And so. And he's not talking about the wrestler, folks. He didn't go, no, in, he didn't go into Big E. The Big E, like the New England State Fairs. Um, I'm looking at you saying that like you're a fucking like local from the New England. Oh, I went to the Big E. I am kind of a local. I lived there for five years, so. The part of Massachusetts <laughs> you lived in was fucking New York adjacent. <laughs> yeah, basically. Except the road signs were different, and you they, call and they call fucking shopping carts trolleys or whatever. It's true. Um, I did have a few different brews. Uh, I had Peak Organics Autumn IPA, which, though they specify that it's an autumn IPA, I didn't really taste much of a difference to make it an autumn IPA. Is it supposed to be like maltier, like a red IPA? No, it did. It was, it, to me, it wasn't really maltier. I didn't really notice much of a difference to it. Did it have like a reddish hue to it? Yeah, it may have been a little reddish. Yeah. Yeah. So that that could have been all that, all that there was. Um, I did have a Sam Adams that is only available around Boston. I did see that. Boston. I did see that on um, your beer advocate app that yep. you tried like a brick layered Boston brick red. Yep. Um, which is nice because an Irish red ale would be like a nice, you know, nice beer for the yeah. It the was season. it was good. It was uh, running close to an Oktoberfest, I would say, actually, with the malt content to it. Um, so I haven't had uh, Irish red in quite a while because it's not really a common. And even though I know Killian's is like the national Irish red, because it's made by Anheuser-Busch, it's still like not a, it's not bad. Yeah. But I would never go out of my way to buy it like six or 12 pack of Killian's. Funny story, they had a special, um, I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was a porter that they had from Sam Adams, uh, limited limited time only. Mm-hmm. So I got in line and I, I was up there and uh, I said, hey, I'll take that. I can't remember what it was called. Um and I said, I saw it on the sign, and I'm like, "Hey, uh, do you still have any of that?" And just as I ordered it, they were fucking taking the sign down. <laughs> so I was a little upset, but then I, then I ended up getting the Boston Brick Red because I saw that was also an exclusive that you can't really get many other places. So I wanted to try that because I know I'll never get a chance to unless I go to Boston and actually seek it out. So I had to try that. So it wasn't all bad, but I was disappointed that I didn't get to try the limited edition one that. It had apparently just sold out <laughs> moments ago, unfortunately. Um, I tried Trinity Oktoberfest, uh, which I believe is from Rhode Island. Um, I've only had, I think, one other Rhode Island beer, and that was uh, Night Swimmer. So uh, I tried Trinity Oktoberfest, a very good Oktoberfest. Um, I tried... Um, you should have just called it Night Swimming, because this is the 25th anniversary of REM's Automatic for the People. Ah, so, yeah. And I tried a couple other too that uh, were also very good. So all all in all, a very good weekend for me because I did a lot of beer drinking. I worked. Probably spent a lot of money. I worked. I'm the American hero. I work on the weekends. Yeah. Yeah. I don't go gallivanting out into the fucking New England countryside. I haven't been home in many weekends. I know. Ooh. What a- very tiring. <laughs> All right. Anything else from you? You had you had a new one uh, just the other day. Yeah, Miller Lite. Uh, the the <laughs> other new one that you had. What? Oh, 
You know what I'm talking about. No, I well, I forgot about it. I I, just, I didn't think it was really worth mentioning because I could barely taste it. But I had um, Goose Island, which I'm not the biggest Goose Island fan to begin with. I haven't had much, but what I have had, I just thought it was kind of all right. When we've done the fest beer on here, their Oktoberfest for this year, which we thought was pretty decent, but. I tried their bourbon, uh, county bourbon imperial stout. Um, wasn't too bad, but the problem is, uh, I have a head cold. Still do. Head and chest cold. So my nose and chest have been kind of clogged up for a week now. So when I was drinking it, I couldn't really taste it. All I could really taste was that 15% alcohol. I had to kind of dip and dive, duck, dip, dive, and dodge, you know, and move my head around to kind of get a little bit of, like, my right side of my sinus clear to finally taste the stout itself, the actual kind of uh, character and body of it. Like, the, it did did have, like, a nice chocolatey oak and vanilla and a hint of bourbon taste to it. And it's also because it's an imperial stout that the alcohol was really present on it. Like it, you could really, really taste it. Mm-hmm. And it's a and it's a very heavy beer to drink. It's very, very thick. Yeah, um, sounds good though. It'd be a good, like I like I, I was telling because I was trying it with my sister. And I told her because she's never had an imperial stout before. I told her it's, it's basically like a des- this is a dessert beer. Mm. You would sit down almost kinda, like a port wine. Like you, like after like having like a steak, like you would sit and like drink this for like two hours with your cigar. Ba- yeah, no, you're right. Basically, if I had one, I would have, you know, to kind of to, uh to help wash it down. But I didn't. So well, interesting. So there you have it. A couple. I of would recommend it. There. It was was worth like from what your I was, recommendation isn't worth. Shit no, I know it is. Couldn't taste it. I know, but people do actually really like it. Yeah, no, I I, I bet it. I mean, it sounds good. It sounds interesting. I do hate having that cold like that because one time I ordered like Chinese, and you know how like you get a craving for Chinese. So I was trying mm. to eat it, and I was like, I can't fucking taste this. It tastes like I know nothing. It's, it's terrible. Horrible. I hate that. I think people I kind of forget feeling. how much, you know, if you can't smell, you can't taste. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, I hate that feeling for sure. And, yeah, it'll probably take another week to get over this. I haven't been taking any medicine because fuck that. I don't need to be uh, groggy for half the day. Well, let's move right into uh, the Evil Dead talk because I'm pretty excited about uh, talking about it. I haven't seen it since I saw it in theaters, and that was four years ago. Um, even though I own it on Blu-ray, I haven't ever popped it in so and that's pretty much what happens to all my blu-rays actually is i never end up watching them um well it's nice it's just that it's nice to have have. that's right it's it's nice to own it and know you there are a couple movies i have that i've never bothered popping in it's like i i like the movie i've seen it a thousand times i just want it just in case i'm like hey it's nice to have if you like watching this all right so um the film's directed by fede alvarez who uh then went he has gone on to do um, um, a couple other films and uh, has some, has some um, pretty uh, significant contributions to horror, like Don't Breathe. Um, at the time, I believe that this was one of his early films. It's his first film. Fil- first film. Um, so he had a lot of lot to fill with uh, this film. A um, lot of uh, expectations riding on it, of course, because even though I wasn't super excited for an Evil Dead remake. Uh, I know a lot of people were. 
Uh, they wanted to see what, what they could do with this. And so Fede Alvarez uh, had a lot on his plate, but I think that one of the um, one of the things that really helped the uh, Evil Dead remake was that they emphasized how scary and how bloody the film was going to be. So if you remember, there was a lot of talk about this is going to be the scariest film. You've that was seen. their ta- that was their tagline. Yeah, the the tagline. Uh, Which, of- by the way. That that's a shitty tagline to have. Yeah, I don't really like the taglines that are just like promoting the film like head on. Like that's a very explicit. Not only that, it's that's not pretty, really a tagline. Not only that, it's pretty ballsy. So it's like, okay, you're saying you're gonna beat The Exorcist. Proceed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, which which by the way, the way the demon is portrayed in this, very like The Exorcist. Sure. Yeah, it is. Um, wow, you said that very flippantly. No, well, you said that, that. You said just, that very. That's the word of the week for me, by the way. Flippant. Because I didn't want to. I didn't want to go into it at this time. Cause I know I we don't to have to. Our thought. No, I know you that's don't right. have to. But you said that very like. <laughs> that's yeah. What what, like, sure, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Uh, moving on. No, I. I just. I didn't want to get into it at this time because I, I know we'll get into it later. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, I think that. That tagline of saying, you know, this is the scariest movie that you'll see is go is it's it helped with the publicity, obviously, because people were talking about that. They're saying like and some people eat that up. Right. So like some people, moviegoers who aren't really, you know, they're not super, super big horror fans. They haven't seen a lot of horror fans. They might actually believe. And when they see it. They might actually be scared. For they sure. call it bullshit though. Like any film, they'd be like, "This is gonna be the scariest." Like, this is gonna be the most action. It's like bullshit. Well, I do too. I mean, that's I already do that. that's already setting like but, expectations up. Like for like that's like that's literally setting yourself up for failure. Like because again, this is a soft reboot. It's a remake, but at the same time, it's also a sequel to the to the original trilogy. A better tagline, and I'm no marketing genius. Would be like a better tagline would be, and it's generic, but it would be better. Would be like, "Evil comes back again." Simple, sweet, to the point. It's not like you know. Sure, it may not like be like the catchiest thing, but like, okay, you know, you know yeah. what? You literally know what you're getting into. It's a I soft, have... like from that alone, you know. Okay, it's a soft reboot. I understand what you're saying because <laughs> when you say this, the scariest movie you'll ever see, um. That tells you nothing about the film itself. And the tagline, you really want to be catchy and also tell you about the film a little bit. Or, like, you know, mm-hmm. give you some sense of what this is going to be about. Like you said, with Re- Evil Returns, you know that it's going to be, like, a soft reboot. Or see, you know that, what to that's, expect. See, that, that's a good one, too. Like, it's short, sweet, to the point. And, you know, like, again, Evil Return. And not only that, Evil Dead in the franchise itself, though a cult franchise... It's also like again, it's very well known. Yeah, it's got a now. It has a you know a fucking Showtime show. People know whether they've seen it or not. They know the franchise. They know Ashley Williams. They know Bruce Campbell. Everyone at this point knows who the fuck Sam Raimi is. Right. You know. You know he did Spider Man movies, so they ought to. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Exactly. So it's. <laughs> Yeah, he he, le- he he led the charge in like the re- you know the renaissance of comic that brought in the new renaissance of comic book movies. Whether you kind of want to admit it or not, admit it or not, I mean yeah, I know like Blade and I think X Men came before, mm-hmm. but like Spider Man was like the you know the whole, especially the fact that it was made you know a trilogy. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a that was a big thing. Yeah, at that time, I, I think let's start with the good things about Evil Dead. Um, I think for one, the one of the good things is that. 
they don't try to take it back in time. They don't try to take it back into the, you know, the 80s, 80s or, you know, even like the 90s from Army of Darkness. They don't they don't try to go do a throwback like that. It's set in the in the actual time period. Um, no, you wouldn't know from fucking Kurt Cobain in this movie. That's true. That's true. Um, one of the characters does look like he's a direct throwback to like 1970s Amityville horror. Uh, <laughs> like I'm gonna kill my family. Uh, yeah, the rapey version of Kurt Cobain. Yeah, he's wearing, he's wearing rape glass. Those 70s like rape glasses that only like people in their 60s now buy it. Like from the <laughs> you know glass yeah. store. Um, but which, I, by the way, when when are those going to make a comeback? Like Coke bottle, like the ones you're wearing right now, have like made the comeback. Yeah, I don't know. You yeah. know, so maybe like next. Maybe I'm just out of it, and they they're gonna make. They're already making. No, they back. no. I like those. I gotta get. I haven't bought a new pair of glasses in forever. That's why mine look like shit. But like that's something I would get. But like what are, what are those like double barred like you know seventies like mm. rape that have now been like associated with like rapists? Just kind of like. Chevy Econo vans have been associated with, like, hey, in trench coats, have been associated with, like, rapists and child molesters. When are, the, when are those glasses making the comeback? We gotta take them back. Gotta take them back yeah. from the rapists. Um, I, but I do like that about how they don't really, they don't bring it back in time, so it's, it's set in the, in the present day. I like that, because right then we know, okay, this is gonna be a soft remake, and none of the characters are the same at all. So they we it's very clear that though this is set in the Evil Dead universe, it's not really a, a remake or a reboot. Um it's almost more of like a it 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 has the feeling like it could be a sequel or like this just is a continual continual process. Like this just keeps happening to people who stumble upon this cabin. Well it's not cursed. stumbled upon, isn't it part well, of their they, family? They, they know, yes, yes. They, it's, so it's they related. Like a, to, so are they somehow related to like Ash? Possibly. I think it's a it's an open question that lingers, but I I like that whole idea of like these people are just continually doomed to like do this whole thing. So like when we have Eric as the as a character in this film, he's that guy who you're saying like you're doing a terribly stupid thing. Yes, you 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 opened a book. That's been, covered in barbed wire. That's been hidden downstairs in a in, fu- in a room full of dead animals. And you brought it upstairs. You cut it open. You opened a book covered in skin, and then you read the information that was erased. That had to be um, using a pencil etching to figure out what the words were. Terrible idea. And. By the anyway, way, why read is it, it to yourself? By the way, why is he not uh like some like like working for the CIA like the way he was able like to, like to deduce like oh if I lay down a piece of paper and you know yeah yeah you can... I never would have fucking thought to think of that and I considered myself a halfway intelligent person I never would have been like <laughs> well I think that you know right there is you have a guy who's like. I mean, he I know must he's be pretty smart. I know right? he's technically interested in like witchcraft and the occult, but even still, like, well, then if you're interested, you know, like, don't mess around. You should, yeah. You, you're right. right. If you like, if you're interested, like, wouldn't you be like, and yeah, read, if I read this aloud, it's fine. And you know, like, basically, read it to yourself. Like, <laughs> who sits around and they're reading a book by themselves, and, and they're just like, let me say these phrases aloud. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
That is a very stupid thing. Uh, but I think, like, with Evil Dead, we, in some ways, this film is a lot more serious than the original, The Evil Dead. Much more serious. It's much- very deadpan. Yeah, there's not really the comedic aspect that Sam Raimi had when doing The Evil Dead. And though I'm a big proponent of saying The Evil Dead is not... I wouldn't say that it's technically, like, all comedy. I, I do think that... No, I don't. The think The first so. installment was very much meant to be a, a scarier. No, I don't think it's a horror. I don't. I don't think it's a comedy horror at all. I think it's a horror film. I think evil. Where I think Evil Dead Two. This is where I, like I can see like you know it's like a it's re- literally is a sequel because it's literally picking right up at the end of Evil Dead, except it's the same shit happening again. That's a comedy horror because it's literally a campy. Yeah, it, and it does have its scary. You know, and you know, it, uh, you know horror elements but it's also comedic in like the way like how like ash react you know like interacts with the hand and stuff you know i I would say like with evil dead 2 that's when sam raimi knew like what he was doing and why and he almost wanted to mock what was done before in in his own film i think the evil like like you said i don't know why people like i don't get the whole the evil dead being like a comedy horror i don't think it is yeah, it's maybe just because sure. it was done on a dog shit budget. They had no I, money. <clears throat> I think some of it comes from just um, seeing the next films in it and Army of Darkness having such a overshadowing like presence in the Evil Dead franchise is that then the they original think... The Evil Dead kind of got roped into that as well. It was like... Yeah, but nobody nobody go like says like Friday the 13th. That's a, that's a comedy horror because Jason Min, uh, goes to Manhattan... Is a fucking comedy or 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 the same like Halloween like oh Halloween five <laughs> that's Com- true it's a I'm, comedy horror so you know yeah it's it's an interesting ha- interesting how that kind of occurred and I mean I do see some of the some of the goofiness of in the Evil Dead I mean some of the characters are goofy and some of the things that happens are obviously not meant to be realistic like a tree rape is really not meant to be realistic in that sense but is that funny it's, yeah apparently some people find it funny I don't know. Apparently, my wife finds it funny. Um, I, but, I mean, I would say See, that... that so just because something's unintentionally funny doesn't mean it's... Yeah, that it's that, meant to be funny. Like, The Room is unintentionally funny because it's so bad. Does it mean it's a comedy? No, it's, it's supposed to be a, a very serious drama. It just come, You know, you just laugh throughout the entire film. Yeah. Same thing like Troll 2. Troll 2 is not a comedy horror film. It's literally supposed to be taken as a horror film. What I meant, to, what I what I meant to be saying with this though is that even though I do think that Evil Dead is a, is a pretty serious film for the most part, I think Evil Dead is even more serious. It even takes itself more seriously, although it does like to push the boundary of what it can do. So, and this was one of the reasons why I was not a huge fan of the film when I first saw it was because. Not only was it touted as the scariest movie you'll see, but it was also touted as one of the bloodiest as well. The goriest films. Because it had so much of this practical effect of the blood. Which was not... It was was very clear that it was not CGI blood. That it was actual blood. Like, actual, like, liquid form. Rather than, you know, put in in computer-generated images. So, I think that part of the problem that I had was that... The um, Evil Dead pushes that so far that it almost kind of makes a mockery of when you have graphic content, because here it seems like they're they're doing that on purpose, just to be shocking, just to be. 
Yeah, but that, that at the same time fits the f- horror films of the day. Yeah. I mean, Saw may be gone, but torture porn still... I mean, this isn't a torture porn film. Though, for poor Kurt Cobain in this, it gets the shit kicked out of him, you know. Really. Yeah. I mean, it's... I mean, what, what I was... What I really think, though, is that it just... It tries very hard to be shocking and to put you know push the envelope, and I I found that like a little bit off putting because I I just I wasn't into the whole like trying hard to to capture that thing. So I mean at the but, same time I agree, but like I said, like, like what what are the Saw films? Yeah, what are I mean what, like in Hostel and all? It's literally like how can we up the ante? How can like in this is where, like, the Saw films go from, like, the first film being, like, a really cool idea and innovative to, like, oh, we've lost track of what the hell we're really supposed to be doing. Like, it's all about how can we up the ante on the, the traps and the, go- you know, and the yeah, brutality. I, I mean, I agree. And and watching it now, because we're, t- we're really talking about the positives here, um, I do find that it's a lot more fun than I originally when I, that I originally thought when I saw it. Because I was kind of caught up in the whole, like, well, they're just doing that to be edgy you know they're just doing that and now i kind of pushed that aside and i was just like oh that's actually pretty fun you know and i kind of pushed aside too that uh what my bias towards like well that's not realistic she's not gonna pull her arm off uh she's not gonna cut her arm off with a turkey carver she she'd pass out before that occurred see you know some of those things you kind of have to just take with a grain of salt and just say, like, all of this is really outlandish and ridiculous, so just go with it. See, I've had the exact opposite reaction. Oh, okay. You mean from from first seeing the film to now? Yes. Um, I think even when I first saw the film, I thought the practical effects in this were really good. I think it's great. I actually really like, I really enjoyed, like, the mat. It's like... Mortal Kombat with the max blood settings on it. Yeah, it's stupid and ridiculous. And, like, some of the fatalities, like, there's, like, especially, like, MK3, and there's, like, 20 rib cages shooting out of people. <laughs> yeah, it's unrealistic and shit, but goddamn it, it's awesome, cool, and brutal. I still agree the the effects in this movie and that over-the-topness with it is still good. However, where when I first saw it in theaters, I thought, like, it was fun to kind of, you know, seeing that, like, oh, you know, like, especially, like, part where, like, the chainsaw at the end with Mia, like, and the demon, like, and carving the demon up like that. I still think that's really cool, but after watching the film overall, like, the the second time through, because this is my second time, too, I haven't seen it since the, uh, seeing it in theaters, The though I think the effects are well done and look great, the actual violence within it is kind of, it's not as fun for me, it's just like, eh. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's well, just, maybe you've hit fatigue mode now. I'm just like, eh. I, I think, um, like, yeah, it's, like, it's not as exciting, like, watch, like, watching again, like, you know, again, poor Kurt Cobain slipping on a bloodstain, cracking his back on a fucking toilet, like, the first time, it's like, <laughs> what a dumbass, you yeah. know, that's ridiculous and stupid, now it's like, huh, <laughs> I don't know, yeah, you know. I mean, I, I think that the, like you said, I think that the effects are pretty good, and they're a, definitely a positive for Evil Dead, uh, I think they did a good job. Um, with most of them, I think watching now, some of them do pale a little bit in comparison to, you know, what we've seen lately. Uh, obviously I do appreciate the practical effect nature of it too, because we're that big, is a sticking and, point for me when and, it's just constant CGI. And, and me, we, we've talked about that several times about practical versus CGI. And- yeah. I think probably one of the, um, the scenes that 
has not held up that well is the final one when she's chainsawing through. I still think that looks cool, but and look, and I, I, I agree, it's totally ridiculous. But like I said, that's where it's like that. That for me is like it is like a fun, like because I love Mortal Kombat. It's like like that's a fun like yeah, that's over the top and ridiculous and campy. Well, it's, it's not, like like you got the blood like blood shooting everywhere and like it's and, and it's raining blood at the same time. You know, it's literally they if this was two thousand two like ghost ship, they would have had Slayer's raining blood playing during that part. You yeah. know to kind of. Like, well, it's really not, hone like uh, phone in what they're doing. It's not the campiness. It's not the uh, unrealistic nature of it. But it's it's that I just didn't think that the um, the scene where you actually see the silhouette of her chainsawing through is that believable. Like it doesn't look particularly real. I mean, if it, I, lo- it definitely looks like a dummy. I mean, if it, saw it eh, that, see, that's fine. I mean, I'd rather have a fucking dummy there than a True. CGI. No, no, I agree. I Even agree. if it's like literally, you can see like it's a straw puppet there, or whatever. Yeah, I agree. But there's <laughs> like know, straw flying yeah. everywhere. It's yeah, like, no, that's no, like, no, it's real. It's real. I know, but at least like like they tried. Yeah, I mean, if yeah. anything, the whole part of that thing is like her, like your turn, motherfucker. Like that's like you're not Ash. You'll never be Ash. Yeah, just I, I agree with that as well. We don't, that. If anything, your character has shown nothing this, that would be like, oh, I have a witty one, you know. <laughs> that's um. That's also one of the things that I think, and we we're supposed to be on positives, but negatives really come into play here as well. I, I think that's one of the things that doesn't work as well about this film is the script. Um, because I think that a lot of it is trying to be funny in that witty way that, you know, Ash would deliver or some of the deadites from... Mostly Army of Darkness, really, and not the original, and no. not the original. Um, is c- more cribbing from Army of Darkness's deadites that w- are much more like sardonic and you know sarcastic, goofy, and, yeah. and not only, not only that, but again, it's not like as and as you've pointed out before, it's not like Ash from the first Evil Dead is a smart mouth, witty person. Yeah, he's more he's, of a quiet, reserved person. Yeah, he's in the first, like, yeah. it's not, he's not like nothing from the first Evil Dead, like, except being, you know, the lone survivor at the end makes him, like, stand out to be, you know, like, the the person that he becomes in Army of Darkness. And, he, and Evil Dead, too, like, he, like, because it's more campy, he does have, like, kind of more, a little bit more of a wit, you know, well, not a little bit, he does have a lot more wit to him than the original, but it compared. Misogyny. But compared, but as I say, but compared to Army of Darkness, it's like still yeah. pales right, in comparison. Right. Yeah, by, think- by the time Army of Darkness rolls around, he works. Which, by the way, what a great '90s Kmart, you know, the forgotten retailer yeah. of the '90s, like working at a Kmart clone in S Mart, misogynistic, coward, and you know dumbass and that we've all grown to love like i think that's something a lot of people forget is the ash that people we all love is from army of darkness yeah basically yeah and even the one that's ported over into ash versus versus evil dead it's army of darkness darkness it's it's army of darkness ash it's not um one thing you know though that i said you know i didn't think that works in the script as well is that they you know they make the deadites into more of a comedic sort of edgy I wouldn't even say comedic. Like I said, that's where like, I think where my whole exorcist line yeah, comes from. It's more like they're trying to be like the demon from the exorcist. Like, I think what bothers me about that, and it also bothers me about the exorcist, is that the go-to for that sort of thing is that they just consistently are very, like, 
vulgar for whatever reason in that like demons would understand that we were we were very offended by f words or something you know what i mean but they I, it, it, well it's one it's different for the ex the 70s i mean i know like but but especially in the mid 70s when exorcist came out like more people are coming open to you know yeah that was definitely but different this, at but time. at the same time though like again people still like you can't, like, if you're working, like, as a professional in a job, you can't be running around saying, fuck, shit, piss, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't. I mean, I don't, like... I, don't, I do it all the time. I mean, I, I don't understand the... Job. I mean, I don't understand the point of curse... Like, like, point of curse words, like, why, why is fuck considered such a bad word? Or, like, piss and cunt. Like, no, like... Right, right. You know... Yeah, no. There's no real rhyme or reason, like, at least in the etymology that I know, and... That like to me, unless somebody one day enlightens me, like on how those words are considered offense. Like I can understand like how racial epithets are offensive because they have a certain meaning to them. You know, yeah. That you know denounce another race. Fuck's just a, like a utility word. Yeah, it's <laughs> no. I I like that's that is one thing that bothers me is that they it's kind of like the go to like there's nothing. For the Deadites to say besides things that could be construed by regular people as vulgar. And I don't really... I mean, I think it's okay, but it's not... It doesn't really make me scared of them. It doesn't make me, like... But at the same time... Particularly, you know... But at the same time, if it's a demon, and we consider those words curse words, that'd be something they'd be saying. I guess. I mean, if a demon did that to me, I'd be like, I'm unaffected by you. (laughs) I say that shit all the time. Yeah, because you're <laughs> you're an impure spirit. Right, right, yeah, I know. So you're, it's going to be dragging you to hell. So yeah, you may be going fuck on the way down, but you're going to hell with the Deadite. Because you, yeah. your ears and that's, tongue have been saying vulgar things. That's true. So it may, like in that sense, it makes sense. But I mean, that, doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Because again, like <laughs> it's not like... Like you said, it doesn't bother me because I don't think it's really that... That to me is not like a big deal. Mm. Like, because what else are you gonna have him say? I don't know. Just especially like if our male lead in this, and I would call him a fucking board, David. <laughs> David played by David uh, the board, played by Shiloh Fernandez. Um, you know, if his sister, which they have a close relationship, and it comes off as kind of uncomfortably close, mm. uh, at least to me. I mean, I but if he, if if he's like so, apparently so concerned and still apparently you know stupid because he's stupid for one, and he's trying to save his sister, and she's you know yelling at him, come down here and suck my cock, pretty boy. He'd probably be like, what are you doing? You know, that would be like a shock to him. You know. Well, I think that because um, he it took him literally forever to kind of grasp the situation yeah that is true maybe it's a virus you you know puking up kool-aid on like our friend you know for like a good 10 seconds ebola yeah yeah um i do think that part of the script that is good though is that the film actually gives a reason for them to be at the cabin i don't like the reason they're there you don't i think it's stupid i mean i i think that i mean i don't think it's like a it's not mind blowing. It's not like wow, that's you know that's something I've never thought of before as a slasher film. But I think that it gives a reason, and that's important because I'll say it's new. Like it's a new idea. Our my sister and our and my friends with my sister. My sister's a junkie, so to get her to rehab herself, we're gonna go camping in the middle of buttfuck nowhere. Well, they don't 
because they don't want her to be anywhere near anybody else. Like they they want to have her isolated. That's stupid. I think that's stupid. Well, there, there are many he, ways that that a, could go he's a, wrong. He's a terrible they're... brother, and they're terrible friends for thinking, like, to, to do that. I mean, there's many ways, like... What if she did sneak pills or, like, I think you this know, is... opioids, and she OD'd? You're kind of fucked out there. This like... is definitely a, a time <laughs> when you have a person who's a nurse, who thinks they know everything about medical schooling because they're a nurse, and so she decides that she's going to take on this giant burden... That even regular doctors wouldn't take on because they don't have the schooling specifically for opioid, o- opioid addiction and how to uh, go through a withdrawal successfully. Uh, so she's going to take it on herself in an abandoned cabin. So there's a lot of ways this can go wrong. I mean, she could vomit and choke on it and die. Um, she could do something ridiculous in her hallucinations. Uh, she So many, many things there. It could go wrong, and now you're isolated. You're away from uh, civilization. Who knows how far the the nearest hospital is? Not a good idea. You're right, but I'd rather I'd rather that than just be teenagers there to you know even go, though they're to go stupid. there to drink and fucking smoke pot. That to me is a better explanation. No, even though they're stupid, though it at least gives a reason why they're not like just readily leaving because a lot of a lot of the scenarios in horror films is when they're at a place and, and they, they could just easily leave and be like nope i'm out of here i'm done with this and then yet they don't for no reason they just don't leave so this at least gives them a reason to not leave and i i like that i think that's a a solid thing and it's also symbolic of mia's uh, like an inability to beat her demons, right? Because she, her addiction is her demon, and then you have a literal manifestation of those demons, and then she wins. So effectively, at the <laughs> she end of, went. Her brother and her friends are dead now. Yeah, but effect, <laughs> well, she's not addicted anymore. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Maybe two two She's problems, got, well, but I got, one well, solved. Well, I was gonna say, I got news for you. Um, when she finally makes it back to town, people realize her hand's gone. They're, they're, she's getting thrown in an ambulance, put into an emergency room, and someone's slapping her up with some morphine. Well, that's, and then yeah, they, and then yeah, well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> and yeah. that's and she's gonna be like, oh yeah. You know what? No, she, <laughs> I'm. I think at this point she's gonna say, please no. Please no morphine. <laughs> she's she's gonna politely refuse. I, it. I'll take some ibuprofen. From- I'm a recovering addict. I can't use that, even <laughs> though my arm is on fire. No. Um. And the other thing too is it's kind of funny t- because uh, Ash vs Evil Dead is actually um, done an episode about that where Ash returns from the cabin. He's the only one to return, and everybody calls him Ashy Slashy because they think he killed everybody. <sighs> And so you said that a little bit, like, when, you know, av- after she gets away and she's, like, missing an arm and everything, like, what are people going to think? No one else returns with I know. <laughs> and they, no one else knows what happened there. So they're just going to think she killed everybody. And uh, that that's actually an episode of Ash vs. Evil Dead. So it's kind of kind of interesting. But um, I'll, let, let's talk about something that I don't really like in this film. And that's the Deadites. The portrayal of the Deadites. How they, how they look. I'm not a huge fan of that. I'm not a huge fan of how they're kind of made into like, like I would say like 28 days later style. I was going to say like, like ring demons, ring demons, like the girl from the ring. 
Yeah, kind pale, of like uh, pale, like stringy hair, sort pale, of like wet, and you know. I mean, Lo- I- literally looks like the uh, Mia's deadite, and this literally looks like she crawled out of the TV, yelling seven days. Yeah, my my biggest complaint comes from like the actual face and the eyes of the deadites. I just the I jaundice look. I just don't like that look that much. I don't think that it's really reminiscent of a deadite from the Evil Dead. I think they tried to copy that formula, but I don't. I don't really think they got it right. They didn't. Um, they didn't have a low enough budget. And I, like that's the other thing about it is that I don't ha- like how they treat some of them when they're actually like running around and stuff. They're not really running, but they're more like like you, I guess what you said, like a ring sort of thing, where they're they're kind of just like shambling after them, yeah. kind of crawling after them like twitching like kind of like we talked about in house on haunted hill the whole so yeah like, but it's not like that ridiculous of like the fast pace like flash vibrating you know through time yeah. and space i'm not i'm not a huge fan of that i don't like what they did with the deadites i don't think it's particularly effective especially when you have like the the close-up shots of them i i'm i do really like what the evil dead does with the makeup Especially when you have like uh, the deadite that's in the under the uh, the cabin that's in the basement peeking out through the, mm. the I mean that's a very iconic shot and I think that's a, a very effective scene in terms of just overall creepiness of it and they do try to replicate that a little bit in Evil Dead but I don't think they really capture the feeling of a deadite like Evil the Evil Dead did and and then actually you know post Evil Dead is Ash vs. Evil Dead, which really captures pretty much the epitome of what I think of as a Deadite. Um, I mean, I don't know how you feel about the Deadites in this, but I, I'm just... I I see them more as, like, zombies, almost, than, like, the Deadites of, of the Evil Dead, which do, you, we don't even really get an explanation of how they work or anything like that. It's kind of just, like, a, a very um, undefined... I also find it kind of weird they don't call it the Necronomicon in this. Yeah, it's, uh, they they refer to it as, like, the Nostrum something. Demento. Yeah, Demento or something like that. So, I mean, maybe there's, like, some rights issue with with calling it Necronomicon. I don't know. But, I mean, it was pretty... I think think they both, both, I mean, pretty sure they both translate to Book of the Dead, but, I mean... Right. I can't remember. Is, is it the? Is it a Sumerian? Because they say it's Sumerian right. in this. Yeah. Is it? In the, I can't remember if it is in the original or not. Well, I think it's Kandarian. So well, maybe. I don't um. Know. But I like. I don't know. I don't. I don't. Yeah. That's another. That's a good point. I don't know. Wh- like, why change that? Why? Why change the reading of the words? Why change the the book itself? I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe it's there, supposed maybe, to be like an alternative. Uh, maybe there's several books of the dead. That could be. That would be an interesting scenario. And different, yeah, maybe in like different universes, and maybe that's how. Maybe Ash versus Evil Dead will turn into like Ash has got to jump through different, you know, universes and you know different parallel universes to fight Deadites. That could go on forever, like The Walking Dead. Then (laughs) just have Bruce Campbell jump, you know. I um quantum quantum leaping his way around. I like the idea of multiple books of the dead and just like. They've been placed in particular areas to like haunt and be the be the most uh, inviting <laughs> for people. They're I, I like that. That's a good idea. They should they should pursue that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, some of the things have been changed a lot. But then we also see a lot of homages to uh, the Evil Dead, like especially in the shots that Fede Alvarez chooses. 
uh, some of the zoom shots of like through the forest, right straight straight out of the Evil Dead, um, like with the the whole tree rape scene, done a little bit differently, but still very reminiscent of how it's done in both the Evil Dead and Evil Dead Two, mm-hmm. because it, I mean they use the same techniques in both both of those films. Um, so I think like some of those zoom shots from the POV perspective, they work pretty well. I think they they capture those well. Um, but the ones that I they think don't... people, I think people would be offended if they didn't at least try. Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, you know, because again, very iconic. I think the ones that they don't get right are the the quick cut edits of um, like things being done, like chaining up the basement door, um, or like grabbing the battery and the grabbing chains. the battery. Um, those you can tell are inspired by the Evil Dead. But it's more it, Army of Darkness, though, too. But in, in Army of Darkness, but they don't get it quite right. Um, just in the way that it's edited, it's not quite right. And I don't know if that was a stylistic choice where Fetty Alvarez was saying, like, I don't want to exactly mimic Sam Raimi. At the same time, I feel like the better option would be to just mimic it. it. Yeah, exactly. And just, just mimic it and get it right. Because now, and obviously this was not a thought back in 2013, but now... With Ash versus Evil Dead, watching that show, they get that uh, uh, those edits and those zooms exactly right. I mean, it's it's spot on. Now I wonder if that has. I don't know. I don't know if this is the case, but the, I think almost maybe Sam Raimi has more to involvement in that Ash versus Evil Dead. I would say probably. I mean, a lot he, of it, like his dr- brother and stuff like that is, is pretty involved in it. Let's so because he hasn't he directed episodes and stuff. Yeah, so, so I, there's probably more involvement. I, I I'm sure. But I would still think that Fede Alvarez would want to, and you know his his uh, cinematographer and stuff would want to put in the effort to uh, try to get it exactly right. But I mean, it could be because it's his first film. He could be like, I want you know make it kind of putting his own stamp on it. Yeah, so I could see that. I think I I just prefer it to be more in line with what Raimi did in the original. Which now that I think about it, if if I was like a first time director, I don't think I'd ever want to tackle a remake. No, I'd I'd, wa- I'd want to develop my own style and sense, you know. I mean, it's almost and like and have because if you at least if you're doing like an original film, you're go- you're going to be able to develop your own sense and style. If your your first film's a remake, you're kind of going to be chained and beholden to at least doing certain things very similar. They can be different, but similar enough to the original to where it's, you know, people are going to. Like, in this case. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think that, you know... Yeah, it's almost like a, like a band that releases a, their first album and is just cover out cover songs. And you're like, okay. like It's good, but... They did, yeah, they yeah. did good covers, but, like, are they a good band? They didn't write any of these songs. They were, pr- they were uh, blueprints. So... They did a good job, but I don't really know if I want to check back in with them with an original sound because I I don't know what the, what that is. I don't know what their sound is. So, yeah, it's interesting to to that Fede Alvarez decided that he was going to release a remake of Evil Dead well, as his, his first film. I just got hired for it, and I mean, if it probably said, "Sure, why the hell not?" Yeah. I feel I like can't, I, can't, I, I, can't, be... I can't imagine, even if I was put in that situation, I'd probably say, sh- yeah. Even though, like, you may be restricted creatively, you might be like, might be, if I say no, I might not get another job. I don't know. And not, like that, not like that, you know, this kind of being like, a, you know, it's a big name remake, you might as well, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I would, though, because I think of it in terms of, like, something like, um, 
say I was a, a writer, really, you know, breaking out onto the scene for comics. And someone said, you know, I think you have uh, some some good stuff. And I'd like you to write the new Superman series that we've got going on. I wouldn't take it because there's way too much baggage of doing it wrong there. Because you have so many like people that are so enthusiastic and think they have the perfect idealization of what a Superman comic would be. So you taking that on is a lose-lose. Because if you do your own thing... It may be good, but people aren't going to like it because they have their own idea of what Superman should be like. See at the same time. See at the same time though. Like say like, if I was put in that spot too, if I was like, if there was something that I was really enthused about, really liked, like say if I was writing like my own like Batman, like I got like all right, we're going to have you do the new Batman thing. You do like do that or like, hey, we want you to direct the new like Gundam show. Or whatever. I'd be like, great. Love it. I would, and I would do it to like what I think it should be. And if people don't like that, who are, you know, again, massive fan base, I'd be like, tough shit. This is what I wanted to do. Yeah. However, if, it, if it doesn't, if it goes over like a fart in church, oh, well, this is what I, like, these but, are the things I think are, you know, and that might fuck me. Right. That could ruin your <laughs> career because you had a bad time. On, but at least I got to do it. Yeah, I don't so, know. I, I mean, mean, I can see I mean, from both no, sides. I, no, no, you're right. That, that would be a very hard thing, and I would be, I, I, can, I would have like, I'd literally probably have to flip a coin. Like, do I really want to do this or not? But at the same time, if I was going to do it, and if it was something I like, because for he very well, from watching this film, it doesn't seem like he like doesn't know the franchise. Yeah, from no, watching absolutely. this, it seems like you know he probably ha- has a love for the franchise. So, if it was something that I really loved, and I even if it had like a rabid and major fan base, if I did it the way that I, you know, as a as a, someone being a fan of that franchise too, did it the way I want it, you know, like again, like if I like if I were to be like hired, it's like, hey, we want you to write and direct the new Lupin the Third TV show. I would know exactly how I want it to go. I can guarantee you would go over probably not that well. Because I'm a big fan of the Green Jacket series, mm-hmm. and it's especially those first episode, those first like ten episodes where it's more pulpy and noir and gritty. Right. So you wouldn't cater to the new fans. And make, well, I mean, I know the newer, ep- you know, the newer shows are going like that, but it wouldn't be as, you know, it'd be there'd be comedic elements, but it wouldn't be, you know, as like like more like Red Jacket. And even though right. I love Red Jacket, lo- also love Red Jacket Lupin where it's got that great balance between action and comedy, it wouldn't be, you know, be nearly as lighthearted. You know, that's why like for me, you know, but when it comes to, like Lupin, a lot of people love the Castle of Cagliostro cuz it's made by Miyazaki and it has that Miyazaki whim to it like those later Green Jacket episodes that he uh, directed. But to me, and though I think it's technically a better made film than, like, say, The Secret of Mamo, mm-hmm. I think Mamo is a better film because it's much more like the manga and Green Jacket. It's much more in line and in tone with that, and that's kind of how I like that. Right. You know. No, I understand. But I, you know, Fede Alvarez, I think it was a risky venture, but I, I don't think he like suffered from it. And obviously, he went on to do Don't Breathe, which I actually thought was a really great film, even though you know I don't think that Evil Dead particularly is a an astounding film. Um, I think he did at least a, a commendable job on it and, and then went on to do something even better. Um, so I've led the conversation quite a bit here, but uh, do you have stuff that you want to talk about uh, that yeah. we haven't touched on yet? Yeah. Acting. Okay. It's fucking awful. 
I mean, I like, I gotta say, I like Jane Levy. I think she does a pretty good job as Mia. I think um, some of her um, facial expressions uh, could use a little bit of work, and that may be part of like the direction as well. So I, I don't really know. But other than that, I think she does a pretty good job. So Ooh. who are you thinking of specifically? Uh, I mean, I think Shiloh Fernandez. Is Shiloh probably... Fernandez is the, the biggest <laughs> culprit in this. Right, yeah. He's a total fucking wooden board in this. Blank, like nothing. Like, uh, uh, what's going on? You know, I got shrapnel in my arm. Uh, like, I, I, I mean, I think Jane Levy's all right as Mia, but again, like the fact that she's playing like a withdrawing junkie. I don't like again. I don't think the idea that premise of why they're in the cabin's a good one to begin with. So I don't really care for her character. And, like, the fact that she's just supposed to, like, be running around acting crazy. I think when she's playing, like, the Deadite, I think that's, you know, as the Deadite incarnation, I think that's much better. But when she's just playing old me, I I don't. It's, like, you're very stereotypical. Especially, like, with her interaction with David, her brother, you know, just being, like, the whole stereotypical, way over the top, like, seventh heaven, like, we're brothers and sisters, and... We have such a deep connection. I I hate that shit. And then they're all their, all the their friends in this, are literally just there. They have nothing outstanding, or remarkable, or noteworthy about them. Yeah. Like the only yeah, one, the think- only one that I remember is like you know, Eric because he looks like again it looks like like why is he your friend? Friend, I can't remember what movie we watched recently. We're like, who? Like this guy looks like like he's totally out of place. And I think it was for '90s slasher month. Like 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 group of friends. I can't remember if it was like Urban Legend or uh, whatever. With, with like a one of the friends being like, "Why are you here? You don't look like you belong." Like kind of like in Saved by the Bell. Why are those kids friends with Screech? It makes no sense. Well, I'll tell you what. This guy reminds me of the guy from Cabin Fever. Except this guy's a lot nicer than in the one in Cabin Fever. But I mean, like, like overall, it's just like no one in this. I mean, granted, I don't think none of these people have depth in their character. They're literally just here to be can fodder. Yeah, except I, except for Mia. I think like uh, people like Natalie, who is the like the blonde girl in this in the David's, David's girl, girlfriend. She's totally pointless. Just there to be shot at yeah. with nails and. She's can ripped around and stuff like yeah. There, there's nothing there that really makes her a a even a person at all. <laughs> I mean, she's really not a part of the plot whatsoever. I mean, just besides yeah. being a deadite. That, and then even there, she has more character than she does as an actual human yeah. being. Um, and Olivia is like the nurse girl who's trying to take care of uh, Mia, and, and really, I mean, that's pretty much all of her role as well. I think she has a stronger role than Natalie, obviously, but, but still, not it's. Yeah, not very minimal. Yeah, and I think, and I think overall the performances from them are just terribly wooden and boring and bland and just not well well portrayed at all. Like you said, it works for like a, when they're a deadite, but not so much when they're actually yeah, no, a person. Yeah, um, I think like with Eric though, you do feel for him. He gets like because again, he gets the shit kicked out of him. Yeah. Like if I if I were rather be like Olivia and like carve my face up with like a piece of glass or 
well, cut my arm off with a turkey carver. Even at that point, she's already a deadite. She just got puked on and yeah. became a deadite. So uh, she's not she's not really experiencing that the pain as as we know it. I guess unless she's living in some sort of hell because of deadite possessor. I don't know how that works, but um, but like with Eric, he's alive and feeling all of this, getting shot by like twelve hundred nails. Uh, Head smashed in with a crowbar. Yep. Uh, it sm- it smashed his hand in half with a crowbar. Uh, yeah. Which again, by the way, by the way, people, if you're going to get hit with a crowbar, don't fucking put your hand and arm up. It's all bone. I would say take it. Tense up. <laughs> tense up and get hit in the ribs. Yeah. Tense up. Get hit. It's going to then... suck. You're going to, you, especially if they break some ribs, which more than likely you will. Um, you're going to have a hard time well, breathing. Well, putting your arm out too is, you're never going to be able to stop them from hitting you. Unless you're, because Jack at, got at Bruce they, Lee reflexes. At least if they hit your ribs, then you can like come down with your arm and try to grab the crowbar. Yeah. But if you got your hand out, they're just going to smack your hand. That's, that, and that's it. And then you're not going to grab anything, <laughs> which was one of the issues I had as uh, David picks up a shotgun after getting his arm smashed like three times with a crowbar i don't think he'd be picking up anything i think his arm would be pretty shattered but he's Miss- apparently fine i don't know like that's the kick on that thing it's not oh yeah that's true too yeah not like you know popping off a double barrel 12 cages you know like like yeah. just pew, you but know as, as it's not golden ivory just walking around you know single-handed like you know like, as pew. you told me it's not meant to be realistic. No, I know, but it's someone it, can't just pull their arm off as it's been crushed by a car. So, I I get it. I I can't take this as seriously as I'd like to. It's still fun though. It I is mean, fun. To, like yeah. like it's. Um, another thing: soundtrack. Swelling violence. Fucking annoying. It's constant throughout. There's like no room to breathe in this movie someone put out a craigslist ad for a bunch of people that had violence just just show up and then they all did and they're like all right play the e string play the f or play the d string all right play a c and then that's it for the entire literally the entire film is just like there there's a score throughout this entire film and it's so unnecessary like every little thing, just like violin stings and like, you know, very stereo, like just very generic, stereotypical, you know, like horror music of just like swelling, swirling violins and, you know, sliding and, mm-hmm. and the fact that again, it's set throughout the entire film. There's like no, like even like the character would be just sitting there taking a shit and they're like, you know. <laughs> Well, that <laughs> might be a tense moment, I guess. Will it or won't you know, it come out? It's it's very annoying. And I, I, how about um? How about all the bodily fluids in this film? There are a lot only, of them. You're only missing fucking cum in this. No, there's no shit in this. How do you know? I guess we did. I didn't notice it. Didn't see it. But we do get vomit. We get pee, blood, blood, lots of blood. So pretty much everything else. Um, what about that pee scene? You think that you think it was it called for that? Do we really need to see her piss all over her leg? It even steams. I didn't notice this in the theater, but when she pees and it's sitting on the floor, there's a little bit of steam. Fede Alvarez, I gotta say, though I don't really think it was necessary. I at least appreciate the attention to detail. He's like, well, that was that was a warm pee. I mean, well. <laughs> 
To be fair, do do we really need to see a fucking black demon thing go up someone's snatch? No, but that's <laughs> no. That's fun. I like I I do like Jane Levy's reaction to that because it's sort of like like a she sees it. She's a, she's very upset about this happening. And all of a sudden, it's like a woo, you know, kind of a you know. Not only was is she uh, surprised, but also a little something else too. That is, I think. Even more, it go it goes even above like what you, the Evil Dead did, because that was more implied. You know, you kind of have this tree that we see snaking towards her, but it's more implied. Here you see the black thing go right up her skirt, right up, right up, right up there. Not you don't really see you know her vagina, but the, the hoo ha, yeah, hoo ha, you know, El Pacino yes. instead of a woman. And see, uh, when I saw this too. I was um, watching Suburgatory, which was on ABC. It was like a little a sitcom on ABC that starred Jane Levy as well. And she was supposed to be like a 16-year-old student in that. And so it was very jarring to see this uh, this crackhead girl having a... I think she's a heroin addict. Or heroin addict, whatever it is. Uh, having a uh, whatever, like a tongue thing slip up her vagina it's very disconcerting did you, did you like when the deadite like cut her tongue and split it in half like yeah i was like you know looking at her like going at it you know oh yeah she was ready to to do some licking it's like i said it's like like very exorcist yeah it is yeah not like that not that i'm saying it's bad because i the exorcist is a great film but it's just different than the deadites of the original the, the original the evil dead yeah. What else? Anything else? Or have we mostly... I think we've tackled it. I think we tackled it. So we got to give a rating. Um, on a scale of... Oh, I know. Okay, go for it. Out of 1 to 10 groovies. Okay. What do you give Evil Dead? And when I say... Not only am I thinking of Ash when I say groovy. I'm also thinking of Earthworm Jim. Who was for all you for probably all you, inspired by Ash in some way. Let's say for all you nineties kids out there. Um I would give Evil Dead and this is a judgment based on my viewing now and not like my past history with it. Well seeing as we're reviewing it now, not yeah, then. Yeah. I'd <laughs> give it a I'd give it a seven. Um because I do think that it does some things right. I do like the practical effects. I think that, as I said, I I do I like the storyline. I th- I think it works and has a symbolic undertone to it, um, which may be too explicit. I you know, I didn't say I didn't like the story. I said I don't, like, don't the like the setup. The setup for it. Um, <laughs> Two different things. Come on, Mister Writing Man. Uh, I do like some of the effects, and I think Jane Levy is pretty good as Mia, especially in Deadite mode. Um, however, I don't like some of the script. I don't like what they did with the deadites. I don't think it's as effective. Um, it's not, it's overall not very scary considering this is the scariest movie you'll ever see. Um, and I don't like how over the top and intentionally edgy some of the, uh, like violence and, um, dialogue is. So it gets a seven out of 10 because I do think it's, I still think it's, it's fun. 
Uh, I think it's more fun than the previous time that I saw it. Fun for the whole family. And I will say that despite this film um, being like 90 minutes, it doesn't really let up. So it's, it's, it's pretty quick. It's pretty quick paced throughout the whole thing. Like they're finding the book and things are picking up like, within 20 minutes. Right. Exactly. I think that it's pretty good. And I think the exposition deliveries like with the dialogue um, help that. So in a way, I can't really fault them for like trying to deliver exposition and dialogue like that as long as it gets things moving. So uh, I think that's a, a positive note for the film. Uh, but other than that, I, I definitely... I like that it's an homage to uh, The Evil Dead, but I don't think that it really comes as close as Fede Alvarez would like it to... to or would would have liked its his audience to think it comes as close to The Evil Dead. And now, you know, with Ash vs. Evil Dead out, it does pale in comparison to that new chapter in the Evil Dead franchise. So, you. I um, In another rare occurrence, this is like the third week in a row. Get the same uh, rating for it. I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10, too. Um, though I didn't don't enjoy it as much as the first time I saw it, I still think I kind of gave it like a... I'm pretty sure I like leaving the theater, I'd probably say it was like a 7 out of 10, too. I still think it's one of the better remakes... Not just of a horror film, but in general, out there. If you're if you're a fan of the Evil Dead franchise, you're not going to leave this film offended. There's nothing really about it to me that, as a fan of the Evil Dead franchise, I sit here and go like, eh, that offends me. I mean, it's literally the same plot as the original. The difference is they're not teens there to have you know do your stereotypical horror thing, you know, sex, drugs, and weed. They're there to treat their heroin addict friend. Which again, I don't like. I don't like the setup just because I think that's a fucking just stupid idea. Yeah. Um. Even though when I first saw, it, I didn't think the acting was great in it. I think it's even like watching it now. It's even worse. Like, yeah, I think Mia's okay, but everybody else, especially Shallow Fernandez as David, is t- incredibly bad. I still think the effects in this are very good, and I really appreciate the fact that even though over the top, they went the practical route, and it lo- it's a much better film for it. Because if it was over the top and they had all that CGI in it, it would look absolutely miserable. Mm. Um, I still think even though this film is deadpan compared to the rest of the franchise, I still think it's a lot of fun. You're you're exactly right. This film is pretty relentless. At 93 minutes, it only takes 20 minutes, and then you're off to the races, and it's it's off and going, and going into a whole de- dealing with the deadites. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really have as much of a problem with you with how the deadites are portrayed, because like I said, is honestly, I think 20. You know the way things are today. That's how they you're gonna go about it. Make them you know just curse and say, sh- you know dirty sexual things because that's what you do. I don't think it's a good and I don't think it's a bad thing. It's just something like I, I accept it for what it is on that part. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's an overall, it's not a bad film. I think it's in, an enjoyable watch. Um, the fact Bruce Campbell shows up at the fucking end credits, that's partially, it's like, it's like a point rating alone on this film for me. It's, he has no reason to 
cameo at the end and say groovy like that, other than the fact that maybe he was witnessing all this happening. Doesn't give an explanation. No, it doesn't at all. And like you don't I said, need I, one. I don't need one. I think that'd be cool, like in a sequel, like if they do like Army of Darkness two, which is supposed to sometime in the future come come out. Who the hell knows if that's ever going to happen now with Ash versus Evil Dead? But it would be cool to see, you know if the sequel to this picks up right after this, and it's like Ash dealing with like the aftermath of this shithole, and like maybe teaming up with Mia mm-hmm. or something. But be fun. I, like I said, I think it's a pretty good film. And I, I I appreciate the homages they do to it, and even though it is takes itself very seriously, I still think it you know with some of the violence in this film is still a fun film. Yeah. All right. So next up, because next week is Friday the Thirteenth week, we've got Friday the Thirteenth the remake. Uh, I believe that's a two thousand nine remake. And that literally feels like that was yesterday that that uh, <laughs> that they announced that. The that the remake itself they announced. Yeah. Yep, two thousand nine film. Um this one I am not a fan of. Have not at seen. Because I was smart after being burned by a certain other big remake. I said hell no to anything at the time coming out. I think it probably took until Evil Dead came out for me to be like Alright, I'll go see. Well, this one I have seen a couple times. I don't um I don't really like it at all. Well, don't fucking blow your load here now. No, no, I'm I'm interested to see because it's been a while since I've seen it last. So I'm interested to see how I feel about it and if my taste has changed and maybe I maybe I enjoy it now. So we'll see. I mean, I, since since I've seen Friday the Thirteenth two thousand nine, I saw Jason X. So it doesn't get much worse than that. That's a dismal viewing experience, so perhaps I can find the silver lining in the Friday 13th remake. Who knows? Um, so thank you for listening. We will be back next week with the Friday 13th remake. Uh, you can catch us on iTunes and Stitcher and any other podcasting app that you use. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at blood and black rum. We are on uh, Patreon where you can donate to us and, and, uh, you know, it's a monthly subscription. So whatever you donate, you will be paying that each month. So don't, don't, uh, overdraw on your account. Uh, that's patreon.com slash blood and black rum podcast. You can check us out on our website, blood and black rum podcast.wordpress.com. If you have any suggestions or films you want to see us cover in the future after Halloween, um, you can write to us at blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. Also check out coltsploitation.com where, uh, we're hosted for a podcast network. And if you're interested, uh, let us know so you can join up on our podcast network. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with our Friday the 13th special for remake a ween. And then from then on, it's off to the races as we cover a couple more remakes and have an extra special Halloween episode in store for you on Halloween. So definitely check back with us each week as we continue on towards Halloween with our remake a ween series. All right, we'll see you next week. Take care.